Welcome to the Master It Podcast. I'm your host, Allie McGee. The Master It community is composed of individuals who want to show up as the best version of themselves every single day. We are dedicated to creating small, tiny daily improvements that compound over time for a massive transformation. We act with kindness, integrity, compassion, and grace to ourselves and others around us. We show up ready to learn, be inspired, and inspire others to be great. We lean into the discomfort of change and growth knowing we'll be better humans coming out of it, like a phoenix rising from the ashes. So glad to have you here and let's get to it. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Master It Podcast. I'm your host, Allie McGee. I am so glad that you decided to hit play. I honestly know that there are a zillion podcasts out there. So every time you hit play, it truly means the world to me. If it's your first time tuning in today, I'm so glad to have you here. Welcome to the Master of Fam. And be sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so you never miss a new episode. And to all my originals and longtime listeners, thank you so much for coming back. I'm sending you a big virtual hug right now. (laughs) I'm really excited about today's episode. I sit down with my new friend, Katie, to chat all about habits. This one hits near and dear to my heart because as I was going through my personal development journey, um, creating healthy habits that would support the life that I wanted was huge for me because I honestly had this terrible narrative um, and poor self-talk running on a loop in my head saying that I didn't have good habits and I wasn't the type of person who could achieve things like weight loss, build self-confidence, ask for a raise and actually get it. Um, You know, so all different style of things like that. But with practice and honestly consistently showing up for myself and doing these small little micro habits, I was able to rewrite the script and totally transform my life. Like I'm not the person who I was three, four years ago. I'm totally different. Like It makes me laugh as I'm just sitting here reflecting on like party girl Al who is in Vegas every weekend (laughs) to triathlete Al. So it's totally possible. Like, uh, it's just so possible. So honestly, enough about me. Let's hear about today's guest. She's freaking amazing. Katie Sanders is a mindset and habit mentor focused on helping ambitious women break up with their self-doubts, create better habits with ease, and constantly live a life they love. After struggling with her health and self-esteem for years, she was able to make lasting changes when she least expected to and finally saw that she wasn't living the way she wanted to. So she set out to change and show others that they could do the same. She believes that we are all capable of living with purpose and passion and that intentional work on our mindset and focusing on small daily changes compounds into massive self-growth. She works with her clients to break through all the noise in their life and get clear on what they want and create a realistic, attainable path to make changes that they want. I'm so excited. Katie's amazing. She is really a master of her craft. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. And if you do love this episode, please share it with a friend or on social media and tag me at Ali, A-L-I-M-C-G underscore. That's how we continue to grow the show and spread the message about mastering all aspects of your life. All right, without further ado, let's get into this episode. Here's Katie Sanders. 
Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Master It Podcast. I'm here with Katie Sanders, who is a mindset and habits mentor. I'm super excited to chat with her. I believe we got connected in the Almost 30 Secret Facebook group. Is that correct? Yes, I think so. (laughs) Yeah. And then from there, we got connected on the gram and just really hit it off. And I'm just super excited to talk about mindset and habits. These are probably two of my favorite things to talk about. So I'm really excited to pick your brain, learn from you and share with our audience um, all of these fun tips and tricks that you have. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I know we, when we've chatted previously, we both naturally geek out about this stuff. So um, I'm very excited to be here and be able to speak to mindset and habit. I think both of those are something that we really struggle with, especially as women, you know, from the things that we learned as children or just experiences growing up, um, we're kind of stuck in our places of doubt. And we also take on a lot. And so sometimes it can be really challenging to have the success that we want in different areas of our life or have kind of clear systems in place to reach those things. So um, hopefully that is something that I can kind of speak to today. Mm, Loving this already. So (laughs) before we dive in, can you just share a little bit about yourself and what you do for a living? Yeah, absolutely. So I am a mindset and habit mentor, um, which may sound kind of broad or sound kind of cheesy, but what I really do with the clients that I work with is help them kind of get clear on what what they actually want their life to look like. Um, that may be, you know, in pertaining to their relationships, their career, overall, really helping them create a life that they love to live. So getting out of the doubts that have helped them back in the past from reaching certain goals and creating simple steps to reach them so that they do create that dream life and they're enjoying that process as well. Mm, I love this. So I'm sure you didn't just kind of like wake up one day and you're like, this is what I want to do. It probably, (laughs) right. It it takes a while to kind of almost like groom yourself to become this. So I'm curious, where did this all start? What did that look like for you? Yeah. So I'll try to keep it short and sweet because it was kind of a longer story. Reverse, a few years back when I had graduated from college, was working my first full-time job. They don't tell you how hard of a transition that is, first of all. They don't. (laughs) Um, You know, a lot of my friends had moved away and cherry on top got dumped out of nowhere. And so it was just this really weird moment in my life where nothing was kind of the same as it had been, but it was also this pivotal moment where I could change things. And so I kind of stumbled into that. That wasn't necessarily my intention, Um, but I got into a groove of actually working on myself and my health for the first time. Um, I think I just kind of lucked out to be at the right time and place where I could fully focus on that and have the tools and have the support to make a lot of changes and do a lot of that deeper work that, frankly, I didn't even know that I needed. I kind of thought that I was just living the way that I was meant to, in the body that I was meant to, in the career, the relationships, all of that. It's been quite a while since then, but that that mindset and that kind of pivotal moment has still really stuck with me this whole time and been a huge part of what I do. Um, you know, even with just that health focus, making the changes that I never thought that I could, um, changing my mindset, coming to love myself, pursuing more in life, all of these things that I never thought were possible for myself and to know that they were 
they're possible for other people. So that's kind of, you know, where that mission came from of wanting to help other people realize that if they want things to be different, they can do that. They can make that happen. Um, And they also don't have to do that alone. And there's simple ways to do that. It doesn't have to be stressful or expensive or time consuming, um, but they can really become the person that they want to be and do the things that they want to do. It's so interesting that you are talking about how you are doing the things that you never thought you could. I felt the same exact way. It's so interesting. Like when I first went on this journey and like, it started with health and wellness and like, Mm -hmm. I wanted to lose weight and it's, I had never had success with losing weight in my life before. And so it's like, I thought I was just like stuck in this body that I would have to hate living in and hate looking in the mirror and all these things. And also with the job, like I used to hate the job that I was at and things like that. So it's just like, if you do small things consistently over time, you can totally transform your life. But I think a lot of people haven't had or seen a little bit, uh, almost like a little lick of success um, in any area of their life. So they don't believe it's truly possible. So I think it's like breathing a lot of fire into people until they can like, finally believe it. And once they start Mm -hmm. to see it, then it's easier to like snowball and like, it can be this catalyst in someone's life. So it's crazy how to, in that moment, like, I feel like we feel very alone and isolated, like no one knows what we feel like. But once we start to like speak on it and find other like-minded people, you're like, dang, these people literally felt the same way that I did. Um, but you know, in the moment it feels so difficult and hard because creating change is hard. Oh yeah. (laughs) It's, it's definitely hard. Um, like you said, I think for some of us, it does take that, you know, either that rock bottom or that first lick of success to see that you can do that. But we definitely still get stuck inside our heads thinking, well, I'm the only one that feels this way or has struggled with this, or this is just how it's supposed to be. I don't need to rock the boat and change that. Um, and then if you do dig up that courage to actually change it, it's terrifying because it is something that you don't know. You might not be happy where you are, but you at least are used to it. And even though taking that risk or that chance for something better could lead to something better, there's still that risk factor, especially with health and wellness goals. I think that's such a hard one for a lot of us. And that's something that can feel very isolating or very vulnerable. And if you don't have like-minded people or support with you. Um, Not only is it a less enjoyable process, but you don't have that support to keep going when you do struggle and you feel that you kind of just have to drop off altogether. So change is scary. Um, I think the more that we are able to not to not focus so much on the scary part and focus on it more as an opportunity for something better and wrap ourselves around, you know, people that have done it before or that are doing it alongside us or tools to, you know, our backup support kind of thing, um, the easier that process will be and the more, more likely we are to keep moving forward until we reach those goals. I think that's why it's so important to, like you said, have that support around you. Like, what's that quote? Like the five people you spend the most time around with is like who you're going to become. So like choose wisely, mm-hmm. definitely butcher the quote, but y'all can, y'all can Google <laughs> you it. The gist. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cause I know like looking back, I used to have friends and we would only go out and drink and party and do all the things and just be wasted. And then I would slowly start to transition out, stop spending as much time with them, which is hard, you know, disconnecting from friends. And then 
making new friends as an adult. Oh my God. Like don't even get me started. It's like awkward and weird. It's almost like dating. It's the worst. <laughs> it's exactly like dating, but somehow scarier. I don't know why yeah. we're more scared of like other women or... Yes. Yes, exactly. And so then trying to find people who are, you know, thinking the same way that you are looking to like strive to do better and just grow and build and all these things, like it can be hard, but I think once you find that and you like truly level up and get a good supportive group, like it makes all the difference in the world. Um, I'm just curious, have you had mentors in your life? I have. I would definitely say with my health goals, that by and large, you know, seeing that success was from having that support. Um, I, you know, was doing online workouts and, and kind of an online accountability community, which was huge for me because I still had my other friends that I was seeing on the weekends and going out, like you mentioned, or going on dates. And although they supported me, they weren't on that same path. And so it just made it harder. They didn't know the struggles or they weren't excited about the wins as I was. So um, that was definitely probably the biggest opportunity where I've had that support. But even in my career or even in relationships, um, you know, staying grounded in what I want and finding people that support that or challenge me to keep pursuing that has definitely been a huge thing. If you're around those same five people and they're talking to you and convincing you to stay exactly where you are, then you're not going to make those changes. So whatever you do, it's important to have some type of support or community pushing you in that direction or encouraging you in that direction. Um, Because even the people that you might, this isn't to say break up with all of your best friends, but even the people that you're with and are close with, they may not always get the different things that you're going through or pursuing. And that's okay. That doesn't mean that you have to ditch them, but bring in additional people that support the changes you want to make, either having made those same changes themselves or being in that process alongside of you so that you're doing it together and you're constantly supported and encouraging each other. Love this. And I think you make a great point of like, you don't have to break up with them completely, but you can set boundaries. Like you don't have to hang out with them every single weekend. Like you can hang out with them every other weekend or like just on Saturdays or, or just set really clear boundaries. So like you still have time to go do the shit that you need to do. And like, hold yourself accountable to your goals versus like almost falling victim and like going back to old ways almost and Mm -hmm. staying in that comfort zone because I think, you know, that's fine, but the end goal, you won't get there if you keep playing small Yeah, and staying where you're at. And even setting, like you said, boundaries, even setting emotional boundaries, these just may not be the people that you come to to talk about these big changes. And that's okay too, because they are they don't see how big it is. They're excited for you and they're happy and they want all of those things, but they're not speaking that same language. So kind of separating to that, you know, these are the friends that I go out with. These are the friends that I work out with. These are the friends that I do X, Y, Z with. Um, That can be really beneficial as well. Kind of creating those emotional different buckets for your friends. Mm, I love that. I have definitely found that I can talk to some of my girlfriends about certain topics and other ones. It's like, I can't talk to you about these things just because like you either can't get excited and support me enough, or it's like you get my brain all skewed around and it's just like doubt comes up. It like, you know, for all the work that I'm doing to like suppress that doubt and really work through it maybe is better versus suppressing it. Hanging out with some people, it really just like 
they pull it out of you. It's like the craziest shit ever. But I think really getting clear on who you can talk to about what is super important and setting those emotional boundaries. Um, I love that you brought that up. That's amazing. Let's talk about habits. Um, where did this all start in terms of learning to love them and like almost dig into the science behind them? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I feel like habits, you know, we all have habits, even little things like hopefully <laughs> brushing our teeth or washing our face, all of these things that we have instilled in us because we've done them over time. We all have these habits that are in our daily life. We also have bad habits that we're aware of, but we struggle to break them. Um, and then we have those habits that we do want to get better at or really implement into our lives. If you're anywhere in your 20s, I'm sure a skincare routine is one of them. Um, we all have different things. But for me, you know, over my journey over the last few years, kind of getting onto that path of doing that inner work, learning to love myself, making changes. That's definitely where I started to become more aware of not only creating better habits, but doing it in a way that was realistic for my schedule or my budget and setting myself up so that I could not just make them, but maintain them. Um, the cherry on top for me was reading the book Atomic Habits, I have never geeked out so hard over a self-help or personal development book because when I read that, it was this huge light bulb moment of like, oh my gosh, if we all approached anything in life the same way as he's saying in this book, we would all be wildly successful. We would all be wildly happy. We wouldn't have stress. We wouldn't have shame. We would still have hurdles, but oh my gosh, would that path be so much smoother? And so after reading that, I was like, I can't just keep that to myself <laughs> or hope that I, you know, that everyone stumbles across this book or connects with these different ways of thinking. Um, and that was a really big moment in my business, but also my own personal life and goals with implementing those tools and needing to connect that with other people to show them you can make the changes that you want, but here are some really simple ways to do that. So it's not stressful. So it doesn't feel like you're totally ditching your former life or letting go of some of your less than good habits. Here are really simple ways to just kind of build this foundation and make those changes over time and let that really build up to some of those larger things that you want to accomplish. Love Atomic Habits, probably so good. one of my favorite books. It was, it was a pivotal moment in my life too. Like I used to set these massive goals and then I wouldn't create the systems behind it to get me there. So I would feel worse than before I even set the goal versus making it so tiny, teeny tiny and atomic that I could do these small things daily that compound over time for a massive transformation. And I think sometimes you know, people get really stuck on this big, massive goal versus trying to find something small that they can do daily that will help get them there. Because I just saw this quote and it's like 8% of New Year's um, resolutions actually get accomplished. 8%. That's less than 10. Like, so small. <laughs> like, yeah. Like what? So I think we have to do something different if we want to actually see results. So I think this book breaks it down into a very simple structure of how to help you get there. And I think also see this huge flaw in people trying to do too much too quickly. Mm. I like how you've touched on, you make it so like not stressful. It's small. It fits into your everyday life. Can you just kind of touch on that and maybe give an example? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and real quick to add on to that, most people fall off of their resolutions by January 10th. <gasps> That's not even two weeks into the year. So just want to <laughs> put that out there, put that out for everyone listening in advance before you plan for next year, because that's that's crazy. You're not giving yourself enough time to even see those changes through. But yeah, so speaking to weaving in habits, that book definitely goes over so many great strategies. Um, A couple that I like are habit stacking, which is really just taking something that you're already doing, say brushing your teeth and adding in a habit that you want to do. So maybe you want to do more personal development. You want to listen to podcasts. So you can listen to that for three minutes while you're brushing your teeth. Um, there, there are so many really great, simple things that are almost like a plug and play template. Um, for me too, when I work with my clients, I kind of have them go first through gaining awareness. I think sometimes that we just feel so you know worked up and stressed out that we don't always know what our systems actually look like. So before we try to change them, I help them to really see what is working for them, what isn't working for them. When is their energy higher? When do they have extra time? So that when they go to create those habits, they're doing it with ease. They're putting in those habits when they have extra time or extra energy. You know, like you said, we picture these big lofty goals, but then we don't kind of work backwards from them in a sustainable way. And so then we get into this rhythm of feeling defeated, thinking that we can't reach them. Um, I always like to use the example of if you're planning to run a marathon, we all know that you need to eventually run 26 miles. If you've never run a marathon or even if you've never run at all, you're not going to set out tomorrow and run 26 miles. You're going to run you know, a couple miles this week, a couple more miles next week and build up to that 26 so that you can run that marathon and feel good doing that. And that's the same way that we need to approach any other habit. So I like to look at, you know, say it's something I want to accomplish within a year. This is what I need to do by December 31st. Okay, what do I need to have done by six months in? What do I need to do within, you know, 30 days? That way I can see, you know, I may not have everything already to reach that end goal, but I have that small step. So, you know, say that's running a marathon, I can start by walking or start by running. Um, I think we get overwhelmed not having it all figured out quite yet and just looking at the long term. So in order to actually create habits and reach those goals, we need to scale it back. And what do we need to do by X date to kind of build up to that? So doing that in a way that, you know, It's realistic with the goals that you're setting. You have an actual timeline to reach them. You know what you need to start doing, whether that's learning something or practicing something or investing in something. You know when you need to have hit that next mile marker. And then you're able to weave that in with your current schedule in a way that works for you. If it doesn't work for you, it's going to work against you. So um, there's no, you know, magic trick to adding in all of these things. But if you're adding them in in small bite-sized amounts, and when you do have that extra time or that extra money or that extra energy so that it doesn't feel overwhelming. So you may not even notice it at all. It's just starting to slowly become a part of your normal routine. If you're anything like me, you like simple and effective products. I've been using Rudin and Fields Lash Boost for several years now, and I can't rave enough about it. Everyone is always asking me if these are my real lashes because they're so long and full. 
Mm, it's wild. Compliments all the time. <laughs> so what is Lash Boost exactly? It's a nightly serum that conditions and moisturizes lashes to promote the appearance of fuller, longer, and darker looking lashes. P.S. This product can also be used to achieve fuller looking brows too. It's wonderful. And it couldn't be more simple to use. At night, after you wash your face, apply the Lash Boost Serum to the upper lash line of both eyes. Dip the brush once per eye and swipe off any excess product off the brush before applying. Wait about 90 seconds for the serum to dry before going to sleep or applying other products around your eyes and that's it. On top of that, one tube will last you three to four months. A little bit goes a long ways. It's amazing. I can't say enough good things about it. And compared to other lash extensions or beauty ways to keep up, I don't know what all the people are doing with lashes nowadays, this is the most simple option available on the market and you will not be disappointed. Sign up as a preferred customer and save 10% on all orders and free shipping over $80. Link in the show notes to shop today. Mm, love that. And I find when people start small, like say with, you know, three minutes of listening to a podcast, all of a sudden it naturally becomes five and then seven and then 10. And you naturally just kind of reach for it and like, and you're so interested in learning more and consuming different content and just expanding and growing that all of a sudden it's like, oh, you're in the car and you listen to an hour podcast solely on investing or just, or something that you never even thought you would be doing. It just like kind of naturally happened. And I think that's the best part about habits is that when it becomes so automatic, you don't even realize that it became automatic. Um, I think people try and flip this switch, like come January 1st, like, oh, I'm going to be this, you know, healthy person, this person who invests all this money, X, Y, and Z, when it really takes time to like groom yourself into the person you actually want to become. So I think sometimes we get a little ahead of ourselves and bite off more than we can chew. And sometimes I think that turns into beating ourselves up internally because we didn't accomplish something by X date. I think also giving yourself some grace throughout this process is huge because humans aren't perfect. We're not meant to be. So I think when you miss a day here and there, like, okay, totally fine. But consistency overall is like what you're going for. I always come back and when we look at like America's voting system, you don't need to get all the votes, just a majority to win, right? What's your take on consistency and how can someone maybe have better consistency if they don't feel like they are a person who can show up consistently to the gym, to do their meditation, to eat healthy? Like, how can we improve that? Yeah. Um, I'm so glad you brought that up. That's probably the biggest like buzzword, I feel like, with what I do. I think there's a few different things. I think it's important first to note that consistent doesn't mean doing the exact same thing at the exact same time in the exact same way every single day. Um, there are different levels of consistency and it really comes down to what that looks like for you. Um, you know, when you're planning out routines or creating better systems, do that for you. Don't compare that to someone else's morning routine or someone else's fitness routine. You know, it may be great for them to work out seven days a week, but maybe that doesn't really 
fit well for you or really align with what you're looking to achieve. So before you kind of even worry about getting consistent, figure out what that would look like for you. What is your version of consistent? Um, And then just like you mentioned, you know, it, it is about kind of having that repetition. That's where things do become habits because they're almost automated. So it does take a while for things to be quote unquote consistent. Something that I always recommend is with whatever those habits are, having some type of system for tracking them. Um, You know, there's weight loss apps and nutrition logs and journals and all sorts of things. But having some kind of system for you that you immediately track after doing whatever that habit is for a couple of reasons. Um, Sometimes you're actually a lot more consistent than you think, or you're making more progress, but because you have no kind of frame of reference, you don't see that you're missing out on those moments. You know, maybe you want to work out four times a week, but you've worked out three times a week. Like that's still super consistent and really, really close to that goal. But if you're not looking at it that way, you're going to kind of miss those moments. Um, And then on the opposite side, of course, it does also help you to see, you know, maybe you're more consistent in some areas and they're taking up a larger amount of your time and energy, and then you're not able to pour into those other things. So it, it might also kind of help bring to light other areas that you can change. But the biggest thing is consistency is doing things the majority of the time. It doesn't have to be every day. You know, you're still going to have moments where you don't feel like doing it or something throws a wrench in your plan. But as long as you kind of look at your long-term goal, why you're doing it, how you feel when you are taking care of yourself or pouring into your hobbies, whatever it is, that's going to drive you to keep moving forward instead of just totally falling off track. And if you do fall off track too, coming back to that grace, we are so hard on ourselves with this all or nothing mindset and feeling like, okay, well, I totally screwed up. I'm so much farther from where I wanted to be. So I'll just quit altogether. That makes no sense. (laughs) Why do we just kind of throw in the towel for falling backwards instead of just resuming where we're at and moving forward? I always like to think of it in that way of resuming. We're not starting over. We're just picking up where we left off. Um, So keeping that in mind as you go through life and still have hurdles and think about the things too that you can be proactive with. So you know, say, I'll just keep coming back to the health and fitness examples. They're really easy to speak to, but say, you know, you know that if you go out of town, you tend to come back and have a harder time eating better or working out better. Or you know that if you have a stressful week at work, you're going to come home and stress eat and binge watch Netflix. So kind of just checking in with yourself, getting in tune with yourself And what are the things that tend to derail your progress? That way you can kind of plan around them and plan better, you know, systems for in that moment, or at least having a way to give yourself grace for those stressful moments and then resume. Um, I think the more that we're able to do that, the less likely we are to have those moments where we feel like we're kind of falling off and getting farther away from where we want to be. Mm, I love that you say resume because it, it's almost like um, Netflix. Like you can just resume the episode if you like need to come back to it or like go actually get your life together, or whatever. You know, we don't have to like start the whole series all over again. Like we can just resume. Um, I think there's so much going on with this like all or nothing mindset that we really have to like move away from because we don't have to start Monday. We don't have to start at the beginning of the month. We don't have to start at the beginning of the year. Like we can just be 
begin now. And I don't know what it is. Is it like our ego that gets in the way? And we're just like, like, I'll just wait. Or like, it gives us more space to like keep being comfortable and doing like going back to our old patterns. Um, it's like this really interesting mindset, but we always have the option to just start again. Like even the next day, the next morning, like we can just like get right back to it. And it doesn't have to be this huge like ordeal and we don't have to like keep pushing it away and things like that. So it's really interesting. I'm so glad that you touched on that. Super important. We kind of talked about this before, but sometimes adding habits um, into our life can feel a little stressful. But I think when we do create these good habits and systems, it can help manage stress and actually give you back more time. What are your thoughts on that? I I totally agree. Um, I think that we tend to self-sabotage with saying that we don't have enough time to make these better habits, but then we all know we are scrolling TikTok for hours or getting lost in who knows what. It's not that we don't have that time. It's just that we feel drained because we don't have that structure. Um, We don't have things automated yet. So there's more resistance with creating that. I think we also think that sometimes doing the things that we want to do takes a lot more time than it actually does because we're not actually doing it. So we don't know. <laughs> we we assume that it's going to take up hours of our, our life and our free time and all of that. Um, but when we really plan out what we want to do, and like we've already talked about, break it into those smaller amounts so you don't have to do it all at once, we see how, you know, how easy it is to kind of fit in our schedule. Um, We can still kind of work with our schedule. Like I've clearly been speaking about that and doing those things in just, you know, 20 minute increments, 30 minute increments, blocking them out into our day so that it doesn't feel like, you know, we're choosing all of one thing or a totally different thing. And when we do that, even though it might, it might feel a little bit more rigid than we're used to at first, but we're actually going to get so much time back because you kind of have that clear start and end time. And if you honor those boundaries, you know, maybe you've worked out for 30 minutes. Okay, after 30 minutes, you're done and you move on. You're not still working out. You're not still dwelling on that. That's giving you more of that time back. That's helping you make things a little bit more automated um, so that you're not stressing. You're not trying to figure out, you know, I need to drive to the gym and then park. And then I, I don't know what I'm going to do when I get there. And so I might be there for an hour. You know, when we when we don't have a plan, not only are we not productive, but we're kind of adding to that stress and that lack of time. So the more that we create those habits, um, you know, the better the better everything is, the more smoothly everything kind of starts to operate. And I think that also really alleviates our our feelings of being burned out or overwhelmed or stressed because we have defined times and we have defined actions and we know what we're doing and when so that there isn't any any stressing or kind of worrying about that. Um, And then that's going to, you know, free up that extra time because you're productive when you want to be and then you're, you know, unplugged and relaxed and doing all of that when you want to be as well. I love that you mentioned creating a plan and it takes some time, I think, to find the right plan that works for you. Um, But I think sticking to it long enough to like, kind of like smooth out 
everything and figure out what goes where and what feels good too is really important. But ultimately it does free up so much time, energy, and like mental headspace that otherwise we would be like worrying about of like, oh, I got to like do this. And like, I only have an hour, or like, I'm going to be there for an hour when in reality, like it would take you 30 minutes, you know? I do the same thing when I have clients and we're doing grocery shopping. Like I tell them, make a list, create a plan. Like, so you know what you are getting when you go into the store. Otherwise you go in and you are just bombarded by options and choices. And like, are you going to remember the 17 things that you have to get if you don't write it down and just like have a plan right there in front of your face? Like you're probably going to forget things. You're probably going to add in things that you normally do like cookies or treats or like whatever. So it's just, it frees up so much of our mind if we can just like have a plan and like stick to it. And I don't know. I just like, I really love that. We're kind of on the same wavelength there. Yeah. And it also helps you, it helps you actually make, you know, those informed kind of choices for your goals because you already know okay, well, I am working on, you know, X, Y, Z long-term, but I just need to do this one thing today. So I'm just going to do that. So, you know, it's, it's freeing up that extra time and stress and actually leading you to be being more productive and actually creating more of those consistent habits that are going to build up to those larger goals that you have. So um, it's a win-win. <laughs> it does take a little, a little trial and error. Um, something else that we can keep in mind with that is, if you're making these plans and this structure for your schedule and after a while it's just not working for you or maybe it's not serving you as as well as you thought, you can still change it. That doesn't mean that you're quitting or that you're less consistent. You are just reassessing <laughs> and continuing to really improve that. So I think it takes a little while, like you said, to really know if what you're doing is benefiting you or really realistic for your, you know, life. But if it's not, you know, get rid of that resistance as soon as you can, um, because the easier it is for you to show up and do those things, the more likely you are going to, and the more likely you are, the more that you're going to repeat them and the more success that you're going to see. Five years ago, when I first started taking yoga classes, I had no freaking clue what equipment I would need for class. I found a studio that had this rockin' deal that if you bought one of their in-house mats, you got two weeks free of yoga. Obviously, I immediately jumped on this deal. After taking a few classes with my new and very cheap mat, I knew there had to be a better option. I was sliding around, couldn't keep my hands or feet in one spot, and I felt that I wasn't getting the most from each class simply because I was worried about falling over or sliding off the mat. I knew I had to level up my mat to get the most from class. And after shopping around from several different big name brands, I found that if you wanted a high quality mat, it came with a high price tag. My stomach would literally churn every time I looked at the price tag. And after finally investing in a mat, my experience in class was truly transformed. I was able to drop in deeper to each pose and get more from each class. It was life-changing. My next thought was to question why the price of these mats were so high. Getting the most magical experience from yoga truly had a high financial barrier around it. 
This sparked my interest to create a mat that had equal quality, but was available at a much more reasonable price point. Cue the product development phase for Life Simplified Yoga Mats. The journey was long and tedious. There were lots of trial and error when working with manufacturers just to get the right mat that I was looking for. And finally, after months of testing different mats, I finally found the mat that I was longing for. It was thick for the ultimate joint support and cushion, grippy to help you hold each pose without the slip factor crossing your mind, and big enough for you to stretch out in Svasna. And boom, the Life Simplified Crystals collection was born. A mat that's got the same quality as big name brands like Lululemon, Aloe Yoga, and Nike without the big price tag. With four beautiful colors available, they are all named after magical crystals due to their healing power, so there's truly one for every mood. My personal favorite is the Amethyst Matte. It's this gorgeous purple and always helps me transcend and transform while I'm practicing on this mat. It's magical to say the least. Shop Life Simplified Yoga Mats now at lifesimplified.shop and use the code PODCAST for 15% off your order. Once again, shop Life Simplified Yoga Mats at lifesimplified.shop and use the code PODCAST, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, for 15% off your order. The link is in the show notes. I think we should give it more than just a week. You know, like it, it's got to be like a month or even six weeks of really, really, really trying to like work on this plan and show up and do the things on your list um, because we're human. Like we take a little time to evolve and grow and adapt. I think it's always possible, but we've just got to give ourselves a little bit of time um, to do that and shift. Because like transformation and creating changes, it's hard, you know, no matter how small we make it. So like give yourself the time and space to like really just like step into that new plan that you have, which... Um, I mean, for a while I struggled with a bunch of perfectionism and I was like, if I don't do this thing, you know, to its entirety every single day, like that's, it would like crush me. But once I realized like, oh, I can take the pressure off and like, it doesn't have to be perfect and I can move things around. And it's like, I don't know. I got stuck with like, I had to have my workouts in the morning. It's like, it's still doing the same thing if it's at night. Like I still got it in and got it done. How can perfectionism kind of hinder getting results? Yeah. Um, it, it's a huge hindrance to our results. I think we, you know, we definitely waste a lot of time. Um, I think that when we are just so worried about things being perfect, we often end up not making any, you know, any start because we're just terrified that we're going to do it and it not be perfect. So instead of starting earlier and kind of working up to it, we just, we just kind of freeze. Um, but I think, like you said, keeping in mind that it doesn't have to be perfect, um, depending on what it is that you're trying to do. If there's other people, you know, maybe if it's something at your job, if there's other people with, you know, advice and opinions, have them weigh in on that because their expectations may not be as monumental as what you've created in your head. Um, they may have support as well and, you know, really be able to kind of manage your own expectations of your work. Nothing is ever going to be perfect. Um, you know, if you do have high standards or high expectations, that's that's great. But 
keep that in mind when you are working on things. Give yourself extra time. Um, you know, for stuff that I do, you know, work related, I always give myself an internal deadline that's earlier than when it's actually due because that gives me that wiggle room if it's not the way that I want it or if something just gets messed up. I still have time to kind of adjust. I think that we just need to do that work of kind of changing our inner dialogue of what success looks like to us. And remember that we all get started somewhere. So, you know, even if something that someone else is doing or creating looks perfect to you, you know, it may not be to them. We're all still kind of having that same dialogue. But what did they do for the last month or years or whatever to get to that point? They didn't just wake up and naturally have it like that. If they did, you know, hopefully they will share their secrets with you, but that is probably not what happened. So there's still so much that goes on behind the scenes. I think with perfectionism, it it definitely also coincides with kind of this comparisonitis that we all have. And, you know, I might feel okay with what I'm doing, but it's not as good as what she's doing. So therefore I can't do it at all. Or I can't, you know, I need to do it at twice the rate that she's doing in order for it to be valuable. And the reality is nobody is looking at us. No one is concerned about what we're doing. Everyone else is trying to figure their stuff out too. Everyone else, you know, starts and falls and keeps going. So I think that's just a huge part of, you know, getting clear about what a job well done is for us and giving ourselves grace and getting out of our heads. Um, I think that's the biggest piece with kind of overcoming that perfectionism idea. Mm, Love that. Yeah, definitely recovering perfectionists here Um, (laughs) and working daily to take messy action versus being paralyzed by perfection. Um, So it's, I don't know. I think we're taught in school to like color in the lines and do all these things and follow the rules, especially as women, that it can be hard once we're like groomed for this perfectionism and doing all these things right and abiding by the rules and whatever, that to step outside of that is like, it makes us freeze and get paralyzed in the moment. And so we almost, I don't know, I feel like we lose creativity on like how to like get things done or whatever, or meet deadlines or whatever that may be. I just think it's this weird, I don't know. Perfectionism is, it's just weird. (laughs) It's so interesting when I think about it, once again, like chipping away at it daily so that we can, you know, not get frozen by it and just paralyzed in the moment is huge. Like just as we build up good habits, we have to like chip away at old bad habits too. Um, and I think kind of coinciding that, um, imposter syndrome can be huge, especially when you're trying to build this life of like this new person that you're trying to become, it can be scary. And like, you never feel like you're going to be that person until all of a sudden you like look back and you're like, Oh my God, like I did it. But like in the moment you still don't feel like it. Like I've had friends reach out to me and they don't consider themselves a runner, but they run four times a week. And I'm like, you're a runner. Like what? And it's this like imposter syndrome of they don't, because I don't know, what do you think that is? Like, we're looking outwards of like, I'm only a runner. If I'm at the Olympics running the hundred meter dash, like That's when I will be a runner, but it's like, we can't be a runner if we just go like run around the block a few times. Right. (laughs) Uh, Imposter syndrome. I think that 
I think that's something that really, as women in particular, we struggle with. Um, I know you and I have talked, and we could we could go in a whole other podcast episode about you know women not applying for jobs if they don't have every single piece of criteria plus ten. Men, they'll just go for it, you know, and they'll their personality will get it. But for women, for some reason, we we don't feel that we are qualified or capable of success. Sometimes even after we've reached it, um, you know, we might start a podcast, but we've never done it. And so we we don't think we're a podcaster and we don't think that we're valuable, even though we're actually doing that thing. Um, I, I don't know where it, you know, really stems from. I think it's just a lot of stuff that we are really taught growing up and getting into a place of comparison especially this day and age where it's so easy to instantly see someone else's success, you know, through social media and not know the backstory and think, okay, well, I'm trying to do this thing that they're clearly mastering. I have no business like going for this. Like maybe it's, you know, me doing this isn't needed. I don't have something to offer. Or if I do, it's just going to flop. I I don't know where it stems from, but it is so, it's just sad, but it's really, you know, kind of crippling for us. In terms of kind of how we can intentionally combat imposter syndrome, like a lot of the things that we've been talking about, I don't think it's you know an overnight change. It takes a lot of consistent, um, you know, continuous work to kind of change these narratives that we have and these ways of thinking. But it's important to remember that no one else is kind of looking at us through the same lens. Um, They may be looking at us thinking, oh, well, she's doing the thing I want to do, so I can't do it. Like, you never know what you have and are that someone else is wanting um, when we're too busy comparing ourselves to someone else. So remembering that no one is actually, you know, looking at you through this like microscope of a lens. No one is putting this pressure on you. No one doubts you if if you don't doubt you. If you show up and you believe in yourself and you do it, no one's going to question it. No one's going to know that that was your first time doing something or that you don't actually know what you're doing and you're kind of winging it. And no one has it all figured out. We all still start somewhere. We all still have to build up to our success or to you know different things. For me, when I kind of have these moments of imposter syndrome, it's really helpful for me to reference previous, you know, accolades or testimonies, even if they're not about that exact same thing. Um, it could be someone saying that I did really well on this job, or I was great at this, you know, providing support or creating this. Kind of reflecting back on those moments where people said, "Okay, you did do this. You are good at this." That can really help you know, at least short-term motivates you to just kind of take that leap. And with that note too, it comes back to just biting the bullet and having those bold moments because if you don't ever take action, you're just going to continue to feel like an imposter. You're going to continue to stay stuck and to feel complacent. So the only way to get better or to learn is just to start. Like that whole phrase of taking messy action, that's exactly what it is. Take that first step, know that it's probably not going to be perfect or exactly the way that you want, but it's going to help you learn. It's going to help you continue. And it's really going to build your confidence so that you aren't feeling like an imposter because you're not. You're doing the thing. You're evolving. You're getting more comfortable in that role. So there's no reason to to doubt yourself. And then, you know, when those moments still happen where for some reason you're killing it and you're loving it and you know that you're rocking, 
but you just get hit with one of those mindset funk days and you're not feeling that belief in yourself, pour it back into your mindset. Continue to reference you know, some of those accolades. Like I mentioned, listen to personal development podcasts, journal it out, just kind of get all of the junk in your head out of the way so that you're able to move forward and continue the next day. Love these things. Take messy action. I think that's so important because you either win or you learn. I don't think there's ever a lose in air quotes moment that happens because even if you in quotes lose, you still learn something from that. Whether it's like, oh, like I learned how to not do something or I learned, oh, I'll do that different next time or whatever. Or my therapist always says, she's like, oh, just question it and say, isn't that interesting? So we don't have to put something that's very like and label it as good or bad. And it can just be interesting. Like more things can just be interesting. And then we can like keep moving forward and plugging away and chipping away at it. Um, because then eventually we just show up and we arrive with like feeling like this like new person. And it's, I feel like that's like the craziest moment, but yeah, I think taking messy action is huge. And I love that you touch on those days when it's like, you are just in this like funk and can't get through it. I think journaling is one of the most powerful things next to meditation, but not a lot of people can do that. Everyone can journal to just like get that gunk out of your head and just out on paper and release it. And you feel way a thousand times better after you've just spent like 20 minutes, even 10 minutes, just journaling it out, writing how you feel. And even just reading it back, it can be like, Oh, that's so interesting that I felt that way. And like, what I feel like once you look back at it and you reflect, you're like, Oh, that's like, it's kind of silly. Sometimes you're like, I don't know why I really thought that, but you know, at least it's like out and like, it doesn't have to be on this like loop in your head that you just constantly think about, which I feel like in terms like is so draining, um, you know, mentally, emotionally, all the things. So I think when you're feeling that way, doing something to like get you out of that state is so important. So I think journaling or even meditating or, you know, even like a movement meditation, like yoga or something like that can be really helpful to like work through that. Super curious to pick your brain about some books and podcasts that you absolutely love. Um, what are some of your books on habits? I know we talked about Atomic Habits and just overall personal growth and development. Just fire off some of your faves. I could go all day about Atomic Habits. So if if you take nothing away from this, just take that book and go find it and curl up in a hole and like read the whole thing. For me, the first personal development book that I ever read was You Are a Badass. And I mean, and Jen Sincero, the author of that book, phenomenal. I think it was also a right time and right place for me where I, I felt like she was writing all of my thoughts and kind of clicking. And I feel like with any personal development book, if you go into it and are open-minded that way, you're going to have that same connection. Um, but that's one of my favorites. I Am That Girl. Those are both great, just kind of on the broad level of confidence and self-belief. So I feel like that's a huge kind of nugget out of out of today what we've been talking about. Um, but there are so many and I, I encourage you to really think about what are the areas where maybe you don't feel strongest at or that you want to improve because so many different personal development books can really laser in on those different focuses. Um, so that way you're 
you know, intentionally growing and improving in the areas that you want to. Another one of my faves that's actually a podcast is the Mindset Mentor. So, um, so many, so many great tips and tools come out of that podcast. But I really like that because if you are new to personal development, or even if you're not new and you just have a busy schedule, most of those episodes are 20 minutes or less. So, if you're trying to implement you know, doing personal development into your routine, that's a really great way you can just put that on if you're driving to work or if you're journaling or cooking dinner or whatever it is. Um, So that's a really good one. Um, Self-helpless is another good one. It's a little bit longer, has more of a comedy kind of feel to it, but still speaks to a ton of kind of mindset issues that we really struggle with. So those are definitely some of my favorites. I'm always looking for more and taking more in, but just kind of get started with something. I think, you know, whatever you can do to kind of support those areas that you want to grow and improve, you're going to take something out of that. You're going to, you're going to take something away. And I feel like once you get started, then you keep going down this like rabbit hole of like, oh, like, let me find this book or like Mm -hmm. Amazon recommends this book. And so you just kind of like keep going. So I think, you know, the hardest part is always getting started, right? Once we get started, then it's like, oh, this is, isn't so bad. And like a lot of times you find that you actually enjoy it. So I think it's kind of fun to, um, you know, try something new, step outside your comfort zone and see what happens from it. Cause like, what's the worst thing that could happen? Like you don't like the book and you know, you finish the book, you don't like it. You can always give it away to someone, you know, re-gift it. Yep. <laughs> make someone else's day. You can sell it. You can, you know, move yes, on. It's not yes, gonna, it's not yes. gonna make or break anything. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> love that. Well, this has been such a, an amazing conversation. Where can we connect with you on social and follow along on your journey? Cause you're putting out some great content. I love following it. Thank um, you. <laughs> plug away. Yes. Um, so I am primarily on Instagram. So you can follow me at Katie, which is K-A-T-E-Y. It's a typo. It's a weird name. K-A-T-E-Y underscore Sanders, which is S-A-N-D-E-R-S. So that's the best place to find me and kind of get plugged in. Um, you can see some of the other resources and communities and things like that that I have going on. Um but it's also just a great way to, you know, mindlessly scroll and kind of get some some small little tidbits that you can already walk away with making those changes in your life. So go follow me. <laughs> mm, love that. Yeah. Everyone go follow her. It's She's got great content coming out. So I'm excited to, you know, watch your coaching journey just kind of flourish. So I'm really excited about this episode. I can't wait to get it out. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much for having me, Allie. 